Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 51 of the Yellow Card Podcast. Your host is always Diego Galvez, my boy is Chris Jones, Andrew Franciano, episode 51. Fellas, good morning, Saturday, 9.20 in the morning. Uh, first and foremost, unfortunately, it is the 20th anniversary of one of the darkest days in America. Um, with that in mind, why well, I just kind of start off by giving just a quick minute of silence for those uh, that we lost that that we lost that day and just out of respect for for those families. Thank you. All right, so episode 51, lots to talk about. We got great content coming for you, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Make sure that you rate and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure that you uh, follow our Spotify channel. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to the iTunes uh, link. What, whatever you need to do to support us, it's greatly appreciated and always welcome. Uh, speaking of support and speaking of appreciation, this podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guy Sports Network. Ever felt just absolutely tired of hearing some of these older folks that are starting to feel a little out of touch? You know, your Dan Shaughnessy's of the, of the Boston Globe, your sometimes Skip Bayless of Undisputed, or just some people that don't really talk to sport much. Make sure that you're following CouchGuySports.com. It is subscription-less. You don't have to worry about paying any subscriptions or anything. Just go on there, search for search for some soccer content. We got you covered. Uh, you want fantasy sports content? We got you covered. Basically, just go to CouchGuysSports.com. Take a look through it. Any support that you can give us is truly appreciated. And also make sure that you check out the Couch Guys Sports shop, which is literally on the website as well. Just look at the tab. that says CGS store. Click on there. Get some merchandise, get yourself some discounts. And honestly, fall season coming through. Why not get yourself some comfortable, you know, some comfortable joggers, a comfortable hoodie while supporting a small business? Anyways, episode 51, fellas, great content ahead. We got Champions League coming up. We got uh, some controversies that happen in South America. And, uh, we gotta we, we gotta give a shout out to our uh US men national soccer team. So um let, let's get into let, let's get into the content immediately. So Champions League starting on Tuesday. Um we got a, we got great matches to start off. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know who fed Chris uh Red Bull this morning for breakfast, but uh the boy the boy the boys got wings. So playing uh, rock, paper, scissors to see what we were talking about first. <laughs> I won. All right, good. No uh, one's <laughs> All right. So so we got like like I said, we got Champions League starting on Tuesday. And uh we got some great great matches to open up the uh the the tournament. So I gotta turn it over to Chris, who's got the schedule ready. Uh, Chris has been keeping tabs of all of our predictions. He did it last year, and I assume that he's gonna do it again this year and hold us all accountable. Uh, remind us of, you know, especially if, you. <laughs> yeah, remind us all that if we suck, we suck, or if we're good, just give us a very minimal shout out. Um, <laughs> but either way, Chris, over to you, man. You got the schedule. Talk to us. May open get these eyeballs off my eyes too early for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. So we have. Ooh, one, two, eight games Tuesday, eight games Wednesday this week. Uh, so we'll start with the Tuesday slate. Sevilla and RB Salzburg. Tuesday, 12.45 Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to start with the kid who hasn't said much so far as that. So, Mr. Faciano. Sounds good. Uh, I think I like Sevilla in this one. I'm going to go by a scoreline of three goals to one. Sevilla winning at home. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like Sevilla a lot too. Uh, I'm going more on the conservative side of two to one. 
Or Sevilla. You guys are too nice to RB Salzburg. I'm going Sevilla 2 0. I think Sevilla's defense is going to be a big factor in this game. And I think Salzburg's offense is going to struggle to uh, get one past. Sure. All right, let's move into the other game that's at 12.45 on Tuesday. This has implications for co-host, host, whatever he calls himself on this show now, uh, Diego Galvis. We have Manchester United that are on the road at Young Boys. Yeah. Uh, no, hold on, hold on. Nope, you're going last there. I'm oh. <laughs> oh. Excuse oh. me. Um <laughs> I think this is going to be this is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think United squeaks one out here, but I think it's going to be a, a hardly fought match. And I think Ronaldo is going to score in like the 85th minute to put you guys ahead. So United wins two to one here. Andrew, go. I'm gonna also pick Man United in this game, but slightly less close. I'm gonna say four nothing United. It's respect to young boys. I can't believe yeah, you. You of all young people, boys. You of all people, the young boy. <laughs> I am the young, young boy. <laughs> yeah, my club, but no. I don't like how Andrew laughed, laughed and said, <laughs> I'm a young boy. <laughs> so we're going to move past that. Diego, your thoughts on this one? Um, I kind of agree with Andrew. I don't think it's going to be that close. I'm going 3-0. Three, three <sighs> All right, you guys have faith. Good. Just remember what United did last year in the Champions League. <laughs> uh, We're also not the same United as last year. Newsflash. Okay. Lele and Wolfsburg. Uh, we'll start with Diego here. Uh, Lyle versus Wolfsburg. Okay. I'm actually go with a tie score here. I think both teams are very similar. Uh, I'm going to go with the cop of 1-1. What a fucking cop on a 1 1 draw. Uh, I think Wolfsburg uh, is shaped a little bit better than Lilai is right now. I think Lilai um, losing their starting goaltender has faced a huge, uh, a huge loss. And just seeing how they've played so far in Luguan, I think Wolfsburg is going to take this one 2 to 1. Okay, so before Diego went, my initial prediction was a 1-1 draw. Before Chris went, my <laughs> prediction was 2-1 Wolfsburg. I'm not going to change it a third time. I think Wolfsburg will win it 2-1. Uh, they had a pretty nice win over RB Leipzig recently, so I think they can use that momentum and take it into this one and get it done. All right, move on to one of the premier matchups of Champions League group stage match day one. Villarreal. Hosting Atalanta. Faciano, just so we don't take your scores, you can go first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I think this one's going to be a, a, a close contest back and forth a little bit. I think it's going to end up in a 2-2 draw with both teams getting a point to start off. Wow. We like that. Um, I'll go. I think Villarreal is going to play them tough. I think Adelano is going to have uh, trouble with Muriel and Zapata up front. I think Villarreal's defense, we've seen how good it can be. I think they squeak out and win 1-0 one, one here. I'm going to go in a different direction. I think uh, I think Villarreal, while really good uh, in the midfield game, Atalanta poses a major threat in their forward um, lineup. Not just because of the two Colombians up front, but also with the with the mix of uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, you'll figure it out. Uh, one of the guys, one of the guys that uh, such a it's such a Diego thing to do. It it, it really is. It, it really is. Who are you thinking one. of? You thinking of um? Um, man, I'm even surprised I'm alive after coming home at three fifteen. <laughs> thinking of Joseph Vilicic? Yes. Yes, because he's very mobile in, in up front. That's the name. Thank you very much. Um, how, how in all earth would I remember that with like four hours of sleep? <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear it, all right? But either no, way. No one told you to be a DJ. Yeah, no one told me. You're right. <laughs> no one did. Uh, but with that said, I think uh, it ends up being a, a bit of a decent matchup. I'm actually going to go with a two-to-one score here for Atalanta. Well, that's so funny that you said that because that's what I wrote down for you before you even said it. 
just because I know how Colombian you truly are. <clears throat> no, I like Muriel too. I just, I, I just think Atalanta might squeeze out differently. It's just funny how Muriel and Zapata are playing for them. But you know, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll digress here. Um, Chelsea, such a hater. Chelsea and Zanin. Uh, Diego, you're up. Um, this is this is hard. Um, three three nothing Chelsea. Fuck you, dude. Fasiano, I'll go quick. I also have three nothing Chelsea. I literally wrote it down before Diego even had it come out of his mouth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god. Uh, Chelsea's just too talented. Uh, even without guys like uh, Christian Polstick potentially for this match and uh, Nicolo Conte, uh, I think this team's going to roll. I think they also win 3 nothing. Yeah, I can't see Chelsea losing this one. The scoreline I had in mind was 2 nothing for Chelsea at home. All right. Uh, Malmo and Juventus. I will go first. Juventus, 2 nothing. Um, listen, I know they don't have... Cristiano Ronaldo anymore, but they have Massimilio Allegri, who's one of the best coaches to ever coach an Italian side and was the mastermind for how good Juventus was for years to come in the 2010s. I'm riding with them to nothing here. Who wants to speak? Go ahead, Andrew. Because uh, I also have Juventus winning this one to nothing. Um yeah, I just think they have too much too much talent at their disposal. And I also think it's important for them to start off this group stage with a win because they've been struggling a little bit in the league recently. So good chance for them to get on track. All right. I'm actually going to go uh, Juventus 3 nothing here. Um, I think much to as to what Chris said, I think the having brought back uh, Allegri gives them uh, a really good new breath of fresh air that they kind of needed, especially after um, Ronaldo leaving their club and just kind of engaging into a whole different style of game. So, all right, another premier one, just based off names: Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Faciano, the Ronald Coleman hate. Is it still strong? <laughs> it will never not be strong. I mean, <laughs> we had we have a new episode, and Ronald Coleman just not treating his players with respect with uh Pjanic, I think it was yep. this week that news came out. Yep. Um I don't like who even is Barcelona at this point without Messi. I don't even know. <laughs> They've been doing all all right in the league, but it's just a different feel. Wow. I'm I'm sure they're gonna be motivated to <laughs> not get blown out by Byron like they did uh I don't remember if it was last time that they played in the Champions League or two, two times, years two ago. ago. Two, um, two years ago. But I just think Bayern is the better team. Uh, Lewandowski is on form right now. He played really well for Poland. I think Bayern – I think it's going to be a high-scoring one, and I think Bayern will win it 3-2. to two. I want it on the record that the fact that he gave Ronald Koeman's team two goals, I don't know how, how strong that hate really is. Well, um, Diego, eight to two Bayern. I uh, know. I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's what I thought. That's what I was waiting for, Diego. Uh, no, I do. I actually do like uh, Barcelona a little bit this year. I think Memphis Depay is uh, uh, ready to make an impact here and become kind of the new baby face of the club. He's just gonna have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, I think the fact that they got rid of uh, Griezmann as well was essential for them because he was just a burden, I think, at this point. They just, uh, they just misused the shit out of them. Yeah, they poor, really poor did. Griezmann. Poor Griezmann. Um, however, I, I do like Barnes' chances here. Uh, I actually think this game ends up being closer than we think. I'm going to go with a 2-2 two to two score. You think it's going to be a draw? Yeah. Wow. I think both. I think both teams have some weaknesses that um, both can exploit out of each other. But defensively, that's where everything gets held up. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in a completely different route here. 
than both of you. I think <laughs> I think Byron blows them out. I think uh, Ronald Coleman's team is going to have nothing for this Bayern Munich team. I think Bayern Munich beats them for nothing. I was waiting to hear 6-1. <laughs> I was debating it, honestly. But no, I think they're going to have a little bit more respect this time around. Uh, Donovan Kiev and Benfica rounds off the Tuesday slate. I'll start with Diego here. Oh, Benfica all day. Give me Benfica vibes all day. Uh, I'm excited to see them back in the Champions League. I'm going 2 nothing here. You fucking motherfucker, dude. You do this every time. Piss me off. <laughs> fucking asshole, dude. Every time I let Diego go first, he fucking takes my score. Andrew, go. Uh, all um, I know is that I wouldn't want to be the first team to go into Ukraine in the Champions League with uh, fans back because that atmosphere is going to be insane. I, I think Dynamo Kiev will use that fan advantage to get a one nothing win. Ooh. One. What do you know? What do you know? Like, I mean, nothing, but just my thoughts. <laughs> what do you know? Anything? You know anything about anything? Um, I'm going to say the same score as Diego because that's what I have written down, and I have it in pen, so I can't erase it. Uh, but if you could see nothing here, I think, again, like Andrew said, the Ukraine crowd's going to be uh, <clears throat> going to be incredible, but I think Benefica's just too good. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the Wednesday slate. The first one we got uh, – Besikas, I said that right, Diego. Besikas, Besitas, Besitas. Yeah. Uh, versus Dortmund. I'm gonna go first. Dortmund two nothing. With Erlen Holland scoring both goals because that's how damn good he is, ladies wait, and gentlemen. Wait, wait, wait. Flashback. Oh, the fucking guy. Every single time that he goes first, he takes my score. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go two one Dortmund. In this one, that was Diego's up the score. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now I gotta come up with a new one. Um, I'll just fucking say two nothing. Let's move on. No, actually, you know what? Dortmund three to one. There we go. Add a goal each side. <laughs> um, all right. The next one. This one, I think it's not going to get talked about, but I think this one could be like the sneaky good game of the first match mm-hmm. day. And that's Sheriff versus Shakhtar the most. Faciano, you're the, you're the Shakhtar guy. I'm the Shakhtar guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're the small club guy. Let's go. Uh, what, what do you think? You know, I, I want Sheriff to win just because it would be an incredible story. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with my heart on this one. And I'm going to say, 2-1, 2-1. He'll get a late winner, and it will be two one insane. Sheriff? Yeah, 2-1 Sheriff. Okay. Um, again, Andrew, like you, uh, my heart is with Sheriff, and usually when I trust my heart, it leads to good things. So with that being said, I'm taking shock heart to not 2-1. <laughs> <Fair. laughs> I'm just glad that you two assure the audience that you guys have heart. <laughs> Not much, but it's there. <laughs> um, all right, all right, Diego, what do you got for us? I actually expect Sheriff to be sneaky good and much more of a um challenge than a lot of people think. I they they give me big um big. Do they, uh, do they give you Shakhtar that vibes from last year? No, fuck Shakhtar, because of Shakhtar is the reason we have Fred and Man United, fuckers. Uh, Wasn't Shakhtar fucking beat Real almost beat Real Madrid with fucking no guys? Or they, they destroyed Real Madrid with no guys. They, they destroyed Real Madrid at Madrid. With uh, no, their C squad. But Sheriff Sheriff gives me big uh, Monclebach vibes for some oh. reason. They really do. So I'm is actually the, is that your Gladbach team this year? You going Sheriff? In a way, yeah, but in a way, no. I actually think this is. This is probably a two to two score, in my opinion. You win these fucking draws, dude. They're both good teams. I just expect it to be very physical. Let's move on to the the prime games. Inter Milan and Real Madrid, as they say in the uh, (laughs) in the um, the whatchamacallit, the announcing of the group stage. You gotta say it like with the accent. Inter Milan, Real Madrid. 
Uh, I will go first. I think this is going to be a nil-nil draw between both sides of Inter Milan and Real Madrid. That's Jeff Florentino. <laughs> Where's Thanks. this episode going? It's already going to hell. <laughs> We're 20 minutes in and it's, it's not great. <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. All right. Sorry. I have to backtrack real quick for a second because I'm looking at them off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at Sheriff's roster because I don't know a single player on their team. They have a defender named Cristiano and they have an attacker named Adama Traore. (laughs) So they have a bunch of Premier League clones in their team, which I think is funny. Uh, I'm going to change my answer. Shocks are three to one. (laughs) (laughs) You're adding an extra goal because they have Cristiano and Adama Traore. Yep. Um, Inter and Milan. Um, Inter and Milan. Yeah. Or yeah, Inter and Milan. <laughs> Jeez, wow. We're we're cruising right now. We're we're this is this is why we don't record till the afternoon. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna say a two-two draw in this one. I think I'm pretty sure I predicted Inter to fall short in the group in this. Hold on, let me, let me check Champions my notes. Yeah, can we check back? Uh, Fasciano, you had, had their in third, yes. Yeah, they had their off-season fire sale. We um, also had we also have the same group for this group. We also had Real Madrid, Shakhtar, Inter, and then Sheriff. Okay, you guys yeah. are giving me huge "Who wants to be a millionaire?" vibes, where you just using every resource available at your yeah. disposal. Can I ask the audience the question? Who do you think is going to win the Inter Milan Real Madrid game? <laughs> No, the the Inter and Milan game, not yeah, Real Madrid. My bad, They're my not, bad. Diego, yeah, Diego, two two draw, two two draw. Diego, give your thoughts on this one, will you? <laughs> Fucking Mong- Mongol. Okay, so Real Madrid versus <laughs> Inter Milan. Real Madrid. I'm going with Real Madrid winning here, two to one. All right, let's move on to Atletico and Porto. It's Atletico, Atletico Madrid and Porto. <laughs> All right, we're done. Florentino Perez, relax. <laughs> the Super League is going to be the best league in the world. The Super League. <laughs> okay. Atletico and Porto. Oof. I, I love this matchup. Uh, you know what? I'm going for a tie here. I'm going... Don't you fucking say it. Don't you fucking say it. <laughs> I'm going two to two. Okay. Good, good, good. There, there is a possibility for a one-one, but I'm going two to oh, two. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, there is a possibility because it is going to be one-one because that's what I have written down. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I have the cop-out answer here. It's a one-one. Both sides are very good defensively. They each get one goal in. That's it. No, no clear winner. Atletico Porto draw one-one. I agree that Atletico will score one goal. I do not think Porto will score a goal. So one, one nothing win for Atletico Madrid at home. I start, I started writing a uh, draw for it. Let the Porto let the Porto slap in the face Fasciano season begin. <laughs> Listen, Fasciano, let me tell you, I did this last year and it bit me in the ass. Can't do it again. Okay. It's one game. It's one game. I think they're a good team. <laughs> yeah, and I said that every fucking time. <laughs> Guess I mean, what? They came they came from my jugular. I mean, listen, a little slap in the face from Porto after, um, you know, leaving Barcelona teethless, it, oh. it doesn't hurt. I thought you were going to go with the the Luis Diaz, Hamas Rodriguez transfer saga there. The second slap in the face, but that's okay. That's not really much of a saga when Everton could have get it done. All right, let's <laughs> that, move on. Let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not talk about Everton, please. I love <laughs> Uh, the future home of New England Revolution Star Town, Buchanan, versus Paris Saint-Germain. Easy at PSG is just too loaded up top and down and at goalkeeper and just everywhere on the field. Uh, PSG 3 nothing over Club Bruges. I'll go Blue Power Ranger, go. PSG. 4 nothing. Blue Power Ranger. Yeah, 4 nothing PSG. Red Power okay. Ranger. <laughs> For nothing, PSG. <laughs> what an episode. All right. 
Let's move I have on. no idea what's going on right now. Liverpool versus AC Milan. One of you two idiots go first. I'm going last. You're not gonna uh, like my answer. Well, I'm gonna. I already. I'm already writing down East Milan for you, dickus. Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, okay. Uh, two-two draw. I think it's gonna be a, an exciting back and forth. Diego, I'm actually going two to one, AC Milan. Okay. I like what Liverpool has to offer, but I think Casey Milan this year is a bit loaded too, and I think they can poise. They they're poised for a good game in in this one. Could go either way. Well, the, it could go the, the opposite only thing, way. The only thing I'm going to say is the the bona the bona fide strikers that AC Milan have are aren't up to the level of strikers such as Romelu Lukaku that that Liverpool has already played this year, and Virgil Van Dijk has absolutely shut him down. Oh, I Liverpool. love that he did. I'm going Liverpool 2-1 here. Shut See, up, my guy, Mo Salah. So, so here's why I think here's why I think 2-1. I think with Lukaku being such a big body but not as fast mobile as maybe he should be is the reason why Virgil was able to really be able to shut him down because he had more control of being able to maintain speed with him rather than physicality. But I think with Oliver Giroud, being more of a speedy guy and technical guy, I think he can actually be more of a threat. That's the only reason why. But it's not it's it's not like Liverpool's defense sucks because it doesn't. It's a good defense. And it's not like AC Milan's defense sucks either because they are a good defense too. So I think that's that's why I'm thinking two to one. Move on. Man City hosting RB Leipzig. Uh this would be quick. Leipzig's in playing tough, but City Rocks out a three-one victory here. Yeah, I was thinking three-two city, so very similar. I think it's going to be a, a tight game, a uh, tough game, but city will get it done in the end. Say three-two. Yes, sir. Just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Diego, I'm thinking two to one city. Wow. Okay. Uh, the last one is Sporting CP and Ajax. This is this is an Andrew game right here written all over it. I'm I'm glad you said that because I was gonna say I really like this matchup. Um, <laughs> it's just it's such a classic Andrew matchup. I I feel like I'm on I'm on record as uh, being somewhat biased towards Ajax at this point. I don't know. I just like the way they they go about their business as a club, and I think they'll get it done in this one. Two to one on the road. I'm going to go with Diego. I'm going to go next because I have the same score as Fasciano that I've already had written down. But unlike him, he said it so nice that I'm not going to yell at him. You say it with like this evil grin on your face, like like you're meaning to do it. Fasciano is just ah, an innocent okay. little bystander here. I uh, <laughs> two to one here. I think it's going to be a tough game both sides, but I actually get it done at the end. I hope they wear their uh, their Bob Marley. Cats correct. That'd be correct, cool. Andrew. Correct. Um, I like both of these teams. I think when, when you look at some of the major clubs around Europe, a lot of the main players where they originated from are either Sporting or Ajax. Uh, they're they're both really good foundation wise. They're they're great teams. Uh, I think this, these two colliding is great. Uh, however. <laughs> I think it's a, a very close game. I actually think it's more of a 1-1 game than anything. Okay, so I've predicted two draws. Diego has predicted 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Andrew's predicted 1, 2, 2, 3. So that will do it for Champions League talk. Uh, next week, we'll go over the records and talk about how wrong we were or how right we were or – why Andrew's just an innocent bystander than Diego versus Jones's You froze there for a little bit. What, what'd you say? I'm good. Oh, I, I heard him. I heard him. I uh, didn't. <laughs> what'd you say? I what'd said, you say, I Jones? Said, well, <laughs> I said I said we'll go over what we what we were right about, what we were wrong about, and then why Fasciano's the innocent bystander between uh, the clash of titans between you and I. Ah, it's not much of a titan when I'm mourning your ass every day. Um, but 
I don't know about that. Let's 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 slow it's the good roll. To, yeah. It's good that you keep coming back to school, though. It's good to be educated. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> So, so move, let's move on. Yep. Move it now because I don't, I'm, I'm I don't even know. Let's move on. Let's I, I, move on. I'm going to say some things. Let's move on. I don't, I don't, I don't, even, know. I don't even know on. where this episode has gone. Um, but anyways. Um, the shitter. <laughs> we, really haven't, we really haven't talked much about the uh, U.S. Man National Soccer Team as much as maybe we should. Um, but it's time for a little, time for a little update because we got some World Cup qualifiers that happen. Uh during the uh, international break. So uh, I'm actually going to turn this over to Andrew. Sounds good. Yeah. So uh, we're now into the third round of qualifying in CONCACAF uh, for this 2022 World Cup. Um, In the past, if you're used to the hex at this point with six teams, it's changed a little bit. It's now the octagonal. So there are eight teams remaining buying for three automatic qualification spots. And then the, the team who finishes fourth will be in the intercontinental playoff. I'm not sure if it's already determined which other confederation they're going to be playing, but uh, I, I think it's usually Asia or Oceania. I think that, I, th- I think that, I think okay, they're randomized. If I'm not mistaken. There you go. Randomized. Um, so we've, ha- we had a, uh, three games played by each team in this September window. Um, and specifically looking at the U S they played El Salvador on the road, Canada at home, and then Honduras on the road as well. Two draws to start things off. And I got to say that that first half on the road in Honduras was pretty ugly. Not, it was not looking good. Um, Honduras scored first in that game, so they were up one nothing at halftime. It looked like the U.S. was on course to only pick up two points from their first three games, which, given how the U.S. started four years ago in World Cup qualifying at this point, would not have been a positive start whatsoever. But they really turned things around and came roaring back in that second half. Uh, I think the the consensus is that Greg Berhalter's starting lineup in that third game was not great, but he nailed the the halftime substitutions and adjustments because all three of the players that he brought on at halftime scored in that second half. Um, so they managed to get things right on the fly there, uh, which is pretty difficult to do at times in CONCACAF. So I think it was a very, very solid win in a game that you kind of needed to win, given what happened in the first two matches for the U S but in the end, it was a four, one win. they scored four goals in the second half. Um, So they are the top three spots, which are the three automatic qualification spots are currently Mexico in first. They won twice and drew once on the road against Panama, Canada in second, who have had a great first window to this qualification. Um, they're trying to qualify for their first, the men's team is trying to qualify for their first world cup since 1986, I think it was. Um, so that would be pretty big news if Canada can get it done. And then the U S is currently in third. Um, so Mexico has seven points, Canada, the U S and Panama all have five. Then there's a couple teams with two points and Jamaica is currently in eighth with one point. So, Things are still pretty tight after three games, which makes sense because only nine points available through three games. But I think all in all, it's a decent start from the U.S. set. Uh, there were there were definitely points where it looked like it wasn't going to be, but those three points in the final game were huge and I think can certainly be used to get this team trending in the right direction uh, because – we don't want to leave it late again, like we did four years ago, because that did not go well for the United States. So they need to they need to keep taking care of business and winning games to make sure that they're in those top three spots uh, very solidly by the time we get to the end of this qualification. I think my only thing to take away from it is if you look at it, right, um, you have who they've played so far. You've already played Canada which mm-hmm. I think was one of their tougher tests. 
you've already played El Salvador, who always plays them tough no matter what. And then you've got Honduras. So basically, all you have left, really, you have to play Mexico and then Costa Rica. I think they can beat Jamaica, Panama, and I think that's the, the other team, right? There's one yeah. more. So the next window in October is at home against Jamaica, on the road against Panama, and then at home against Costa Rica. And then they See, play I Mexico th- in November. I think I think they can win that. Like I think I think they're they're solid enough where um, the first time around I think they should be able to lose. If they lose at all, they lose to Mexico. I think they should be able to beat Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Panama as well. So I think for the USA, they just have to keep doing with, with uh, what's working. Obviously, they didn't have Christian Pulisic due to COVID issues, so obviously getting him back to the fold would be uh, beneficial. And obviously the Weston McKinney saga that happened, he got sent home. Um, there's just so many things that are happening right now that we have to kind of put into perspective on what could be uh, a big step forward for USA if they they get that whole team together. Finally. Yeah. The other thing too is that you have to remember that this is a really young team. So they haven't actually played that many World Cup qualifiers together as a group. Uh, and that's a big thing, especially in CONCACAF. Like you look at a team like Panama, who on paper is not necessarily the most talented team out of this group of eight, but they have a lot of experience together as a group. They qualified for the World Cup four years ago together as a group. So they've done very well in this first window, I think in a large part due to that experience of playing together as a team. So that's something that's going to come with time for this young group. Uh, with the USA. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily too surprising for them to take a little bit, little bit of time to get up to speed uh, just because they haven't really played together that much in this sort of high stakes environment before. All right. So that does it for the, uh, for the U S Men National Soccer Team, thank you so much, both of you, for such a detailed update. Um, any comments, questions, or anything from the from the public, feel free to hit us up at uh, on Twitter at Podcast Card. Um, but moving on, we also had some major controversy happen last week uh, in regards of one of the biggest clashes in South America, which is the Argentina versus Brazil game. Uh, four minutes into into the game. Uh, Brazilian health authorities jump into the field and are coming after four Argentine players involving uh, Emiliano Martinez, uh, Emil Buendia, Giovanni Lo Celso, and um, who's the the fourth one? Um, who's the who's the fourth one involved in in this? Why am I um, why am I forgetting him? I know it was Lo Celso. I know it was Martinez, Buendia, and there was a fourth one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. Um, he was also from, from, I think, English Premier League or something like that. Um, uh, hold on. Uh, it would be, I don't know, maybe someone who was on the bench. I think he was. I think he was on the bench. Christian Romero. Oh. Christian Romero. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tottenham's uh, new signing. So the the authorities come in and start saying how these four players need to leave the field now and, you know, basically be deported from the country after breaking COVID protocol. Um, then the game kind of gets stopped for, for a very long time after – both uh, both teams kind of come crashing down on the ref and, and on the authorities as well, being like, what the hell? Like, you know, why are we doing this now after being three three days in the country already, you know, following protocol and doing things, doing things by the book or, or whatever they want to make as their defense and whatever. Um, all in all, ends up happening that uh, the game is suspended for good. It's postponed until a later date, or we'll figure it out when when FIFA decides to schedule it again and, and, and where. However, uh, this is this became really problematic, and a lot of politics, unfortunately, are surrounded by it 
but the most the most annoying part is the essential of having clear protocol and ethics to follow when it comes to when it comes to this big over protocol especially when you're in a pandemic situation as it's been in South America where it, it just seems to just not have an end in sight especially as a new variant of the of the COVID-19 um, virus has developed in, in South America and Colombia called the the, the mu uh, variant uh, mu is the name of the variant so anyways um, the the argument that is made and I, and, and I fully agree with this as somebody who um, has grown up in the comfortable environment and as someone who has had experience of 20 plus years watching comfortable and knowing how controversial they are uh, and how, how lacking of transparency they, they, they are. Uh, This is, this is something that truly really upsets me as, as, as a fan of the game more than anything. Uh, and I think it I, I think it should upset Argentines and it should upset Brazilians more than anything because here's the thing. So the backstory to this was that these four players that we mentioned, Christian Romero, Giovanni Lochelso, uh, Emil Buendia, uh, and Martinez, supposedly they all lied in their forms, saying the majority of their games were played at, at a country that wasn't flagged as a high-risk uh country sure if, if these argentine players did lie on their forms right why are you still allowing them in their country in your country after three days of them being there and following additional protocol requirements that they were supposed to follow on top of that why are you waiting for the game to start four minutes in some random guy that honestly to me looked like it was just somebody streaking onto the field. I, the guy didn't even look to me like he was a, a, a health authority. Guy was dressed in regular clothes like all of us here in this podcast are today. Uh, and, and, and I'm just saying to myself, like, you know, if I'm the Argentine player that this guy is coming to confront first, I too get defensive and I will push him off because I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You ain't too close to me. You know, I'm without a mask. You're with a mask. Okay, great. But like, I'm in the middle of a game. What are you doing here? You know, and then he introduces himself as like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this big, I'm from this big health uh, authority in Brazil. You need to leave. You need to leave now. Evacuate. Like, nah, that, that, that to me just sounded completely ridiculous. Um, the aftermath of this too is Comnival's excuse afterwards, which they made public on, on their Twitter basically saying how FIFA is the one to schedule these matchups. And because they happen in South America, they're, um, while it falls under the division of Comable, they're not responsible for, for those matches. I, I find that to be much of a BS answer, to be honest with you. Uh, sure, FIFA is scheduling these, but Comable is the one fi- finding the, the refs. How are you going to say that you're not the one fully involved here. You have as much of a responsibility of these games as FIFA does. Uh, I think them washing their hands basically like that is a clear and red flag to FIFA that Commonwealth needs some major changes in management to be made in order for full transparency to be at its best form that it has ever been in however long. I mean, I... I followed Comable for 20 years, but even before that, there was a lot of corruption happening too in, in Comable. Uh, so God knows how long this pattern has been going on for, but it's just, it's ruining the game. It's ruining the uh, the future for, for Comable. It's ruining what the concept of it is. And it's really just becoming more of an issue where people no longer trust it. Uh, I don't know if any of you two have any instances on it as United almost had an opportunity here to score within four minutes. Um, either way, uh, I, I, I don't know what you guys' stance is on this. 
I just figured I gave my 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 stance just coming from from that continent, having lifted, having been through it, and and whatnot. But um, I would love to hear an outsider's perspective on this because at, at this point, I'm more than disgusted with what that authority even is. I just, for me personally, it's just you're looking at it and it just just doesn't make sense to me. Like I understand, you know, with the variants and stuff like that, the, the virus. But at the same time, if they're already there, right, <clears throat> and they lied about the paperwork, why are we now making it an issue three days in? Why wasn't this found out before they even stepped foot into the country? Like that's that's where the biggest thing for me is uh, line wise. So I, I don't know. I just think I I think you you hit it right on the head, dude. I just think it's more so of kind of weird on how everything played out. Yeah. Um. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, Diego, because you definitely know more about this than I do. But I can't help but feel that perhaps there is a little bit of gamesmanship involved in deciding to raise the issue after the match had started uh, because I think it's, I definitely believe that those players failed to disclose that they were based in England and therefore violated the COVID policy. But I think it would have been much easier to raise that issue and do something about it before the game had started. I feel like by waiting until the game was underway, you're kind of like, I don't know if they were hoping to get a forfeit and get three points, but I feel like it's just like sort of shenanigans that you're looking to get one over on your most hated rival in your, in your region and in your Federation. Um, So I think they were well within their rights to enforce that policy, given that those players failed to disclose where they were based, um, which is a violation of the policy that Brazil had, but Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they should have dealt with it before the match started, and that way they could have – those players wouldn't have been involved. They could have played the game and played 90 minutes and figured out who won that way rather than disrupting the game like seven minutes in and creating a whole big scene. To me, it feels a little bit like they were trying to create a scene by doing it after the match had started and trying to sort of – get a little edge on Argentina a little bit. I could be completely wrong, but that's sort of how it comes off to me. Yeah, no. So, so one, one small detail that a lot of people don't know. Um, and some people do is two hours, usually two hours, sometimes even three hours before the game takes place. The referees in FIFA are aware and, and, this isn't much of a FIFA issue. This is actually more of Commonwealth and the refs themselves doing their due diligence. Um, so three authorities get the preliminary lineups. The referee in charge of that game, Commonwealth, gets the official lineup so that they can put it on record. And FIFA gets the, the last uh, version of it so that they can also put it on their record as to, you know, as to the story of that game to keep track of everything that that's happening in their history uh, three hours before that. So you're telling me that if you are the ref or any of these authorities, you have three hour lead time to do decisions ahead of this game. And you know that there were four players that violated COVID protocol. Why are you waiting four games, four minutes into the, the start of the game? That is my first concern. My secondary concern to that is the following. There is definitely a lot of corruption happening um, between Commonwealth and I, I hate to say it, but there, there, there's got to be something going on with how much power Brazil has, honestly, in what they what they have here in Commonwealth. Because if you think about it, Copa America, a tournament that, in my opinion, should have been canceled altogether because COVID-19 was just running wild in South America. It was running far more wild than it was running here. Um, it went from having to cancel Colombia as a, as a host because of political reasons, but also because of health, um, health issues. Argentina ended up having to withdraw themselves as host because of pandemical issues going on. Now you're running over to Brazil. 
Brazil was also in 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 big jeopardy of having to cancel this whole entire thing because COVID nineteen was just going wild through Brazil. It was also going uh, was also was basically going at the same exact rate as it was going in Argentina. The thing that helps with Brazil is that structural wise they're a much wider country, so therefore it takes a little bit more time for that variant to fully go through. But still, it's it's a major risk that you put these players on through. Why didn't we cancel Copa America? Is the, the first question. All right. If we're so concerned about, you know, following protocol and being very health oriented, shouldn't you have canceled Copa America? And if you're that concerned, if you're wanting to have a World Cup qualifying game between two of the biggest teams when it comes to World Cup uh, presence, why didn't you have it in a neutral area? Why didn't you have it outside of South America? You had it at a country that was green or yellow in their perspective, right? And say, this is who this is who is allowed to come based on where they're coming from and who you've called up. And this is who is not. If you are a real authority on top of your stuff, that is what you do. If you're just a joke of an authority, just hoping to have some sort of say in, in things and wanting to sound like an authority, then what happened in Brazil this past week it's exactly what you do. Uh, I just all together, very disappointing, very, it, it's shameful to be honest with you. Uh, and it's, it, it's truly concerning because at any point, doesn't matter how good any of the other teams do qualifying as well. Who knows where some corruption may happen along the way. And there would just be, they would just find an excuse to kick one of the teams out from the world cup when they did everything by the book. It's just, it, it's very upsetting, very concerning, disturbing more than anything. Uh, and just extremely corrupt. I don't know if you guys think otherwise, but. I mean, you kind of just hit everything on the head here. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing, there's no better way to end an episode than like Diego just go on a rant about something. <laughs> For any no, reason. I'm not just going on a rant. It's just I'm not going on a rant. It's just about fairness, man. That this that whole entire thing just raised so many issues across many other countries in South America. Like you know, the Colombian national team has their concerns about the transparency and legality, maximum power that Commonwealth really does have in 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 this qualifying rounds. Uh, you know. Teams like Uruguay, Paraguay, Peru, Ecuador, they all have filed complaints to Commonwealth because of how they dealt so far with the World Cup qualifying rounds. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's a big concern, man. It's a big concern, especially when you're going for one of the most, uh, if not the most praised trophy in the world. And, and that's the World Cup. You know, that's... You, you, you got to have fairness. You got to have fairness and transparency. And that's something that just Commonwealth doesn't have. Uh, but anyways, we got Premier League action going on this weekend. So to any of you watching out there, I hope you are enjoying Premier League action. It's back. The international break is over. We can just enjoy our, our domestic clubs just doing their thing. Uh, to any of you that have tuned into episode 51, thank you so much for your support. Make sure, like I said, that you're following us on Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can. Make sure that you're following us, Anchor as well. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to check out CouchGuysports.com. Signing off is Diego Galvis, Andrew Fasciano, Chris Jones. Until next week, see yous. <laughs>